This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers, and of course, athletes in the struggle. Y'all to make a little. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Some get a little, and some get none. Shit, I was part of the some get none. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk with the Spain. It's yours truly, of course, as always. I am here to give y'all a lot of great content in about an hour or less, whatever it can be. It's a podcast. Y'all, y'all, y'all have the patience to listen to some of it, at least. Maybe 10 minutes, give me like five, I don't know. Whatever works for y'all. But nonetheless, um, if you're new to this YouTube channel or you're new to my podcast, do me a favor and um, smash that bell for one. Two, don't be scared. It's okay to give me a thumbs up. Also, it's all right if you ain't one to listen to a full episode. It's cool. You could go ahead and share it. I appreciate new new listeners, and um, and I know uh, I may not give y'all the hottest takes of the world or controversial takes or talk shit or have a bunch of nonsense talking. I just want to give y'all sports talk. That's it. If y'all listen, y'all listen. I appreciate it. If you don't want to listen, there's somebody else who could potentially want to listen because it's it's dope to hear somebody talk about something strictly primarily about the actual subject in mind instead of like going off on a tangent about something completely different. And not to say I won't talk about some other shit, but not every fucking episode, right? Come on. But nonetheless, you know how I do. I always start my episode with the local side of things. Of course, we're just going to start off with a couple things. Um, we're not going to really talk about the Red Sox because their season is still in the off offseason. Uh, probably in the next few weeks, we may end up getting some news about possible signings because the winter meetings, which I thought I saw was canceled, but doesn't mean that there's no talks amongst the amongst the the players and their agents with the teams that they want to go to for free agency. And of course, the big money teams are going to be making some deals, uh, trades of any sorts uh, to like, kind of like, you know, we saw what we saw from the MLB finals, uh, the World Series, excuse me. Um, Arizona Diamondbacks made it. They're not a team that spent a lot of money. They, they homegrown talent. And then you had the Tex- Texas Rangers who had a mixture of the both, just like the Atlanta Braves. Like they had some homegrown talent. They also had some guys they signed in free agency and traded for, and they won the World Series. But um, hopefully, the Red Sox make some moves. Um, this is a this is a rest, this is a baseball town that is really desperate for uh, that team to kind of show us something that we need to root for. Uh, speaking of a team that's needing to show us something to root for, we're we're gonna. Uh, pivot to like the the Patriots. Um, <clears throat> obviously, for all you who are Patriots fans, you may already know where they stand in the AFC East. They are currently, um, actually, they're, in the AFC in general, they're the last. They're last place. They're two and eight. They're the, they're the, they're the worst team in the, in the NFL right now, aside from you know a few in the NFC. Um, like the Panthers and uh, the Giants at the, at the moment. Um, I'll talk more about them when I go over my power rankings, but it's just, it's kind of crazy seeing how the tables have turned 
the tables have absolutely turned. Um, it's like completely unraveling over there in, in Foxborough right now. Um, all I all I can say is if you're a true Patriot fan, all I can say is if you're a true Patriot fan, do yourself a favor and don't give up. If you're a fan, I know they they acquired a lot of pink hat fans and that's kind of how this city is sometimes when teams are successful and unsuccessful people are like oh i don't really care and i get it we have our own personal lives it's hard to be invested as as a fan 24 7 but some of y'all buy the apparel every year or get it for as a gift and you 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 take time to go to the bar and watch this shit whatever the very least you can do is be supportive of the team um, through hard time because at some point you're going to see maybe if, if if they're fortunate enough, you may see 20 more years of success down the road. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Um, but yeah, I, I warned a lot of people. This is giving, this is giving a lot of uh, those Cowboys um, vibes uh, after the Cowboys won the last championship. I believe it was 95 or 96. They haven't won shit. They haven't even gone to an NFC championship game for all I know. Um, so it's up to y'all. And the Dallas Cowboys have been probably one of the more loyalist fans in this whole entire country, which is the reason why they were always considered America's team. It's not because of the the emblem of the, the star, which is probably one of the most popular logos in the world. It's more or less to do with the fact that their fans are every fucking where. Um, they have... You know, their owner is invested on a lot on that team to me, you know, showcase as often as possible. So that's a little bit of that. But we'll talk more about the Patriots later on. Um, moving forward to the teams that are giving a reason for us to celebrate and be happy. Uh, we have the Bruins. Um, they're currently uh, they're currently topping their division and also topping the conference 12-1-2. and two. One solid official loss and two losses in overtime. Um, so, yeah, the Bruins are still um, carrying over the success they had from last year's regular season. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's, there's not much we need. We, we, most of us knew this was going to be the team hasn't been that bad ever for a long time. So they're going to they've been successful throughout the last few years, but just like our beloved Celtics, who also won last night, a big game without Jalen Brown and um, without Jalen Brown and without Christos Porzingis, they were for, they found a way to win, win against Philly in Philadelphia with their guys there. Although they're missing some people, they have Kelly Oubre out and um, their bench was kind of stripped down a bit, but, um, you know, that kind of, I wouldn't say that evened it out, but that's, you know, that's just how it goes week by week. There could be guys playing or not playing load management is going to be a little different this year for, for the considered superstars, but there's, there's going to be games when these guys are not going to play. So it's like, how resilient can, is your team going to be as a team to find a way to win? And, um, I must say, um, at nine and two, early, early, still early in the season. It's good to see, but like the Bruins, um, this is what we expect. So at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, at this point, we feel like we should fast forward to the playoffs because that's where we need to see them succeed and win. 
um, and hopefully win a championship. Um, but to speak on the now, um, Celtics, uh, I, I've been meaning to speak on the bench a little bit more, but I feel like they're growing a little bit with that. Um, and last night was a good way for them to, you know, kind of get these some of these guys to be into a bigger role or be more um, involved in the game. Um, I, for one, am not one of those Celtics fans that, you know, I don't get married to players. I know a lot of uh, green teamers, they see a player, they see them have pretty good success with the Celtics, not anywhere else, but just with the Celtics. And then they're like, wow, this guy's, this guy's nice. You know, like you got to play him. He he does this, he does that, he does this, he does that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like I agree with you, but just because he had one flash in the pan type of um, game does not mean, or a few of them does not mean he's a top tier player. He could go somewhere else and just not be good enough because it all depends on the system you're playing. And like we see Grant Williams now, he's actually an integral part of what Dallas is doing over there. And I wasn't a big fan of his, but I see, I had seen, you know, his potential um, in, in, in flashes, but you know, he still, he was a, you know, a young player, a young player for the Celtics at the time. Um, he had his times where he was not that good. So um, I'm, I just don't get sold in the, I don't get like, you know, I don't get caught in the moment. People get caught in the moment so easily these days. Like when they see a couple guys like doing something, but the guy that I'm more critical about is Peyton, Peyton Pritchard just because they paid him finally. And he was the one first and the one guy who was screaming to get traded away last year because of playing time. And he suddenly has gotten that playing time and he hasn't lived up to it just yet. Same Hauser. I was, I'm not fully surprised about how he's playing because he did this last year. It's all about consistency when it comes to him. He gives me those like Duncan Robinson and Kyle Colvert, Corver and, you know, those type of guys vibes. I didn't mean to mention those names because they're white basketball players, but he just, it's just, I feel like it's just the build, his build and just how his, his activity is. Um, some would say he's a pretty decent defender. I think that just, uh, I just think that's because he has the type of team they have. You can't, you can have one sore, one sore um, eye in that whole thing. And it doesn't really do much to change how your defense plays just because you're the worst out of four other guys doesn't mean that you won't get any help. So he knows how to play well with his teammates when he's on the defensive end, when he's on the offensive end, he takes a chance, take advantage of his opportunities. And they had a few other guys last night taking their opportunities with, um, when it was given to them. But, um, yeah, that, that would be my only concern. I mean, other than that, it would be just like, at the end of the day, I feel like when it comes down to it, and the game's on the line. Jay, Jason Tatum just has to be Jason Tatum. He has to be the guy. He has to be the man. Can't I, you don't have to juggle around and figure out who's going to be the one to take the last shot. We know when we watch other games, other teams like the Golden State Warriors. We know the last shot is going to go to be Steph Curry one way or another, or the ball's in his hand. Same thing with the Lakers. LeBron, as much as he wants to delegate that to Anthony Davis, or and although he is a very good unselfish player when it comes when it's when it's crunch time he will want to have the ball in his hands you know what i'm saying like uh kevin durant ball in his hands luka Doncic, and now he has Kyrie. they could kind of those guys kind of flip it i don't really look at the duo we have as a team as as the the ones that have that ability i i feel like jason tatum who is in my currently who i would consider one of the favorites for mvp this season 
I think he should be highlighted and, and showcased when it comes down to it, because I think that's what I seen was the big difference with them in, in the past was that they, they were making up play. They would create plays. And then we see like Marcus smart taking the last shot or, uh, you know, Al Horford taking last shot. Now Al, Al Horford had an amazing game last night, but we're going to get those. We're going to get a little bit of those here and there. He's going to get his rest. He's going to be, he's an older guy. He's going to give us those days, but he was starting. So my question is, can he do, do that coming off the bench? And I don't know if that's the case. We've seen enough of it now to see that the bench play is not, doesn't equate to how he does when he gets some starter minutes. So we'll see. It's, it's a long season. So we will, we'll be, um, all eyes on the Celtics for the most part this year. We all know that. Um, and like I've always said, like there's going to be moments where they're going to, they're going to slow down. This is, you know, a, a well-oiled machine just still needs oil. It's going to run out. So you just got to figure You got to find a way to get back on the hump and continue to play well. Even if you go on a two game or three game or a five game skid. So I'm not too worried about the Celtics. Um, I'll speak more on the basketball season when the NFL season starts to die down a bit. And I don't really consider the seasons to start until after Christmas or on Christmas Day. So I'm enjoying for what it is. The in-game, I'm sorry, the in-season tournament is uh, so far been very receptive to the players and the, and the fans. So, so far the Celtics are 2-0 and in the tourney. So uh, I'll, give, I'll keep y'all updated on that. And if anybody has questions, feel free to hit me on the socials if you are if you're not sure how that whole thing works. Um, moving on, I want to get into some NFL talk. Of course, um, we're gonna have I'm gonna talk about my midseason predictions, my midseason, my current midseason awards for the NFL and my. Power rankings. I dropped the power ranking shorts on YouTube and also on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok, by the way. Um, I I dropped some of those. I, I, I like to have some fun with that, but um, I'm gonna drop it on the on the pod and all that good stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'm, we're gonna talk about that, and then I'm gonna have my final thought on um, my final thought is gonna be about the emotion of sports. So, I feel like it's a very important thing to talk about because I feel like. And I'll get into it more, but I feel like the fans in general, us as fans, we have such a, we only empathize, empathize, empathize for people when they a tragedy when they are when they play a sport, but when it comes to like their actual in-game moments, where I'll, I'll keep, I'll be honest with y'all, I've been there before, just playing like leisure, like flag football, but competitive, you get emotional. Some guys. You go, we go through a lot. Personal life, you don't, sometimes you don't know somebody's personal life enough for you to make judgment call or judgment on anything they going through. So I just want to go over that final thought. But um, let's start off with my midseason awards for the NFL season so far. Um, obviously, and I'll just give you all a quick rundown on everything that's uh, as far as record-wise and all that great stuff in the NFL. Um, we are at week 11 right now, folks. So the season is um, just about close to being done. We're, way, we're a little over halfway there. Um, as I mentioned, everyone's, you know, I'm not a 
Patriot fans, for those who didn't know that, I am a Packers fan. My team is trash. Uh, <laughs> there, for one, I, 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 I so I, I feel the pains of it all. But um, currently, we have um, just to round out like the top seven of each conference. Right now, the Eagles hold the top spot for the number one seed in NFC. Then followed by the Lions. Keep in mind, the number one seed is the only seed that gets the bye week this year, um, or going full playoffs. But there is they added an additional team for the playoffs for the wild card round. So, number one seed would be the Eagles right now. Detroit Lions number two, um, because the Cowboys are in the same division as the Eagles, they cannot be the third seed, so they will be knocked down to the. Um, the fifth seed and the third seed would be the Niners. Um, and then, uh, holding down the fourth seed would be the Saints at five and five. Then you have Cowboys, Seahawks, and Vikings to round out the set to top seven. All right. Um, and then in the AFC, number one seed is once again the, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, followed by the Ravens at the number two seed. Um, they're actually playing tonight. Um, for those of you who are going to be probably listening or watching this podcast, you're probably not going to hear this or watch this till after the game. If um, So uh, I'm going to give, drop my prediction on or my lock for tonight for the most part. But uh, yeah, the Ravens would be the number two seed. Number three seed would be the Dolphins who lead the AFC East. And then um, to round out the top four seeds, which we have the Jaguars at number four. And then um, after that, we have the Browns, Steelers, and the, ja- uh, and the Texans. Um, as the wild card teams, which is not was none of that was in my bingo card whatsoever. I had no idea this was going to be the way it, would go, it was going to go. That's just the beauty of football. Like everything can change in the blink of an eye. It could take all it takes is one injury, one quarterback that's not playing well, one rookie that plays well for a team, or one coach that can't figure it out versus a coach that can. A lot. It's a lot. Um, speaking of the Ravens, I'm watching a game from 10 years ago, uh, Ravens Bengals, which is one of the better rivalries and divisional rivalries in the NFL and man, oh man, I'm seeing a lot of names that were like amazing players. And, um, while listening to the commentation commentators, they were talking about, they brought up names like Kaepernick and RG three, which is insane. Cause those were like the running quarterbacks at that time in 2013. And you could just about say three quarters of the quarterbacks in this league now can can you know scattle skedaddle a bit um out the pocket um but yeah let me get to my awards starting with um comeback player of the year and i'm going to read off the names and their odds of winning it uh you know being the favorites and whatnot and then who i would choose as my pick for that award so first we're going to start with comeback player of the year um Right now, favorite is DeMar Hamlin at minus 230, um, the odds on that. So meaning that he's he is the favorite to win the award, followed by Tua at plus four, 490. And then followed by Tua is Joshua Dobbs at plus 650. Listen, folks, I absolutely, and any other given time, would have given this award to DeMar Hamlin just because not because of his, he's not making an impact whatsoever. He just got his second active um, opportunity 
last game um, for the Bills due to injuries um, on their back end of their defense. But it's just I, the way I look at that award, just like last year with, with Geno Smith, I didn't consider Geno a comeback player. I thought he was a breakthrough. He broke through um, because I look at comeback players as someone who has not been on a roster, juggled around as a journeyman. Like, I get it. Geno was considered a journeyman, but he had opportunities. Like he was like, he was a second round pick. He was, he just went to New York. Fortunately, when you start somewhere big, like a New York or LA and you don't succeed, they giving you two, three seasons. They're giving you the deuces. You feel me? Um, but, uh, I'm giving this to Joshua Dobbs. Y'all, if, if you're a betting person, I would put that plus 65 up. Like, why not? Like the kid is like, you know, He's obviously not – I don't think he's a, a franchise quarterback just yet or maybe – I don't know yet. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But the kid is, is, a, is an intelligent intelligent kid. He's a very humble individual, uh, works hard, and he's a gamer. Like, even on his worst days, he looks like he's going to find a way to help your team win and he takes accountability and he has fun and his teammates love him. Um He's been traded several times. Uh, I even remember last year when he played for the Titans just for that short stint. He just played his ass off on, I think, a Thursday night game um, with short a short amount of time to get prepared. Like, it, it, the, kid is, the kid is talented. He is good, and he's in the right spot with Minnesota. He got traded in Minnesota on the, on the um, deadline. He's in the right spot. He got some weapons around him. He has a good offensive-minded head coach that's going to get him in the right positions. While Kirk Cousins out for the year with a torn Achilles, so for me, he's he would be my comeback player of the year. Um, it's very likely Demar will win it because for what he went through, Demar Hamlin, that's a lot. Um, I'm going to speak more about Hamlin after this because um, I have some uh, based on what I've seen lately from social media and how people feel. Uh, I just wanted to speak more about his situation, but um, that will be my comeback player of the year, Joshua Dobbs. Uh, the next award, uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, we have leading the way at minus 210. Um, and then uh, Devin Witherspoon would be plus 175 followed well, as a runner-up. Now, I'm going to be reading off names that are, are either in close proximity as far as odds are concerned. I don't want to put somebody on there that's like plus 10,000. Like, no, that more than likely you're not getting the goddamn award. Like, I'm not doing that right now. You feel me? <laughs> but uh, my choice would be Jalen Carter. Um, he's definitely stood out big time for the Philadelphia Eagles in their middle of their defense. Um, he's definitely an impact player right out the gate. I think he's been fortunate. He's been fortunate to play with his uh, teammate in college. Um, several of his teammates in college, and that uh, that defensive line is that's a better de- defensive line. On top of that, Josh Sweat, uh, Sean Riddick, uh, Brandon Graham, um, and also uh, why is his name um, not getting? Why can't I get his name right now? Um, Fletcher Cox. So they have some great defensive linemen as it is. So for a kid like him. It's, it's on the sky's the limit uh, if he could stay out of trouble and keep his head on straight and just play football, man. Like, just do what you got to do. Do what you, your coach tells you. Follow your veterans. They're going to put you in the right position. Um, but, yeah, he's my favorite to go for to win a defensive rookie of the year. And as far as offensive rookie of the year, 
leading off as favorite would be CJ Stroud, Puka Nakua at plus 1700. And then we have Jamar, Jamar Gibbs at plus 1800. You know, y'all, y'all know how I feel right now. If y'all follow me on social media, I fuck with CJ Stroud. Um, <laughs> um, He's he's Himothy right now. He's that he's that guy right now. So yeah, he's clearly the the favorite for this award this season. I think he leads the league in um, passing yards per game. Uh, he also, I believe, uh, leads the. Uh, he's probably the 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 best quarterback as far as um, per, like avoiding tra- you know turnovers. Uh, I believe he only has one or two interceptions this season so far. And or like his, it's very minimal. And for him being a rookie and being able to protect the ball that well, because that's one thing rookies struggle with. Like the the kid is amazing. And in, in two big come big big time comebacks. Now you know sometimes comebacks can be kind of like exaggerated. Sometimes it's self inflicted uh, when it comes to quarterbacks and their comebacks. Usually they're the reasons why that's a big comeback uh, because they turned the ball over in the wrong situation or they played poorly most of the game, whatever, um, which will lead to your defense being out there more often or the defense um, being put in a, in a position with a short field against the opposition's offense. But, um, but yeah, uh, CJ Stroud, that's it. No, no answer or buts about that. Unless some miracle happens where he's unable to play anymore. And then, you know, Puka Nakua just breaks the, receiving record of some sorts. Um, after that, I got coach of the year. Uh, currently, Dan Campbell is at plus 145, uh, following by D'Amico Ryans at plus 300, Mike McDaniels at plus 650, and Kevin O'Connell plus 1,000. My pick is D'Amico Ryans. Um, now, a lot of folks are going to go with Dan Campbell. I, for one, would not be mad at that at all. But the reason why I chose D'Amico Ryans, I'm assuming the Texans continue to be successful this rest of the season and make the playoffs. Now, if they do, you have to absolutely consider D'Amico Ryans for this award. Um, Even Kevin O'Connell at plus 1,000 is good value because looking how Minnesota has come out the depths of, of hell to come to make their way back to a making the the season count. Um they were down they were one and four at one point and now they're competing for the wild card and possibly the division. So that I think that will come down to how well the Lions play down the down the um down the road. They still have two more games against Minnesota as well. So you know it's very likely Dan Campbell will win it, but D'Amico Ryans is my favorite to win it, to be honest. I just like what he's doing with that team. He he's he's a former player. That was a team that drafted him. Um, it looks like when you have players buy into what your philosophy is right away and they they're playing and they're fighting for you as the coach, why can't you be considered for coach of the year? You know what I mean? So and that would be a great feat for a rookie coach, um, just as it was the same for Brian Dable last year. Um, now the bigger awards. Uh, defensive, defensive player of the year. We have our top three here would be, uh, Miles Garrett at plus 140, TJ Watt at plus 230, and Micah 
Parsons at two plus two two ninety. I for one knew I had Micah as my favorite to begin the season, but that has since changed. I'm going with Miles Garrett. He is wreaking havoc, even if he doesn't even get a sack. And now, not not to say he doesn't get a sack. He.
most. They dictate a lot of direction of how this goes offensively, which can affect, as I mentioned, like about 10, 15 minutes ago, can affect how your defense plays because it's the difference between how often your defense is on the on the field versus you know, how often they're in bad field position because of what you did, like some of those things, like, yeah, quarterback has control over that in, in a sense, but I truly believe um, it's still going to be a quarterback award until something changes. I think quarterbacking this season has been slightly mediocre in, in to a sense. And this is kind of the effect that you get when you have no Tom Brady anymore. Um, Aaron Rodgers is hurt but also he's old, getting older, so at some point he's going to be gone. Drew Brees has been retired. Russell Wilson's not the same. Uh, Deshaun Watson's not the same. Although he's been hurt and hasn't really had a full season, at this point it's kind of hard to like – like I've been defending him because I believe he can live up to the his standard. Uh, he's still a younger quarterback, but if, when you have these Nixon bruises and you're always hurt and – you could barely stay on the field and then there's a big price tag on your head. Like it's hard for people to defend you all the way through. So um people like him and we still we still have our our younger quarterbacks. Um and that's the thing with young quarterbacks, they could progress and become considered some great talents for the league and the next big one, but there's gonna be times they may regress. All great quarterbacks find a find a way to elevate themselves when they've regressed a bit. So it's yet to be seen, but at the moment, it's always going to be a quarterback award. So those were my um, mid-season awards for the NFL. Uh, now we're going to go on and go over this thing's power ranking. It's more like tiers, but they're power rankings that I put together. All right. Folks, hold on. Right, this is something you don't just do off the top of your head. All right. So, all right. So, my power rankings start off with the category trash. If you this these teams are the trashiest teams in the league. They're like anytime I I hear about them, I just say, yo, they trash. Starting off with the Chicago Bears, New York Giants, following, followed by Carolina Panthers, New England Patriots, and the Arizona Cardinals. What I'm going to do with this, just so I don't just breeze through these and just say whatever, I'm going to highlight the teams I believe will move up a tier, and I'm going to highlight the teams that I know I know will stay. Uh, the team, only one. I'm only choosing one out of out of the few. The team I believe will move out of this tier eventually will be the Carolina Panthers. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm wrong. They're actually staying right, right, there, right where they are. I met the Arizona Cardinals. They just got Kyler Murray back. Um, a lot of their young players are playing a lot of uh, minutes or a lot of, you know, getting a lot of reps in there. Um, I think, I, as I mentioned, I've told people this before, like, on normal conversations, that team ain't really trying to lose. You know what I'm saying? Like if they could win some games with Kyle Murray and, and 
instilled some confidence in knowing that this can this is going to still be their franchise quarterback going forward, there'd be no reason for them to to consider tanking or anything like that. So I think I think Kyler in the the Cardinals will will continue on and um for the foreseeable future um and they I think they're going to compete their asses off and continue to win games. So I, I highly doubt that they're going to stay as considered trash <laughs> in my rankings. As far as who will stay, I did say Carolina Panthers, but that was not the team I wanted to highlight there. I would want to highlight the England Patriots because although they have the one of the greatest coaches of all time, there's way too much drama in New England right now. Um, just be prepared every Every week you're going to hear whether or not this will be the time when Belichick will get fired, whether it be after the season, did he lose the locker room, Mac Jones this, Mac Jones that, which I feel for the kid. Um, I think a better location, another location will uh, serve him best. Um, You can never give up on young talent, man, even if he doesn't show his true potential now. You never know. We've seen it with Geno Smith. Randall Cunningham was one of those dudes. Although he was a very great talent, but, you know, he, you know, after, like, some teams gave up on him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen it all. There's there's a reason why quarterbacks become journeymen. They get given up by a, franch, a franchise that had a bad system that didn't work for them. They may have not had the best talent in the world, but not everybody, like, you know, if, if Tom Brady didn't, get paired up with Bill Belichick who who do what do we know we don't know how that was going to turn out we don't luckily for him Belichick didn't give up on him and, and he went up he he went against the the unwritten rule in the NFL when it comes to rookies taking over rookies or uh in, quick inexperienced quarterbacks taking over for franchise quarterbacks usually that franchise quarterback will get their opportunity to play again it you know what I'm saying like that's just how it goes. You know what I'm saying? It's just like if the Cowboys gave up on Tony Romo after he fumbled the 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 handle. He he fumbled the ball when he was catching the the from the long snapper on the um the extra point that would have won the game for Dallas. Or if they gave up on Dak Prescott in the save, like if after a few interceptions when he first came in for Tony Romo. So it's easy to be influenced by social media in like the fan base when it comes to decisions as a player personnel and you know unfortunately for the for New England they're going to have to make some changes only because you know the patriot way is done is done and just just believe that is is time for it's time it is time it is time for some changes the patriot way was clearly a brady way um and it's not no disrespect is there's no disrespect to Belichick. Belichick curated this Brady way or Patriot way, you want to call it, but it was a Patriot way to begin with, but it became a Brady way the the rest of the way. But Belichick, um, unfortunately he's going to have to go. And I think he's going to probably go somewhere where a team is so desperate to have a big name coach in the juice to bring some team to the finals or excuse me, I keep going to say final, the Super Bowl. Um, so we shall see. So that's my – those are the teams that are considered trash to me. Then we have those Febreze-scented trash teams. You know, that team that's like, you know, they're trash, but, they you know, sometimes, you know, you don't realize how trash they are sometimes. They play they play all right, and then, uh, then they show their themselves at the end of the way. 
that they're still trash. Uh, in this category, I have the Atlanta Falcons, the LA Rams, Tennessee Titans, my beloved Green Bay Packers, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos, New Orleans Saints, and the Washington Commanders. Although I have a couple teams in here that have started getting hot, or better yet, leading a division. Um, nah, I, I I had to do it because I I see things. I I've watched some of the most of these games, and I've seen how some of these teams have played, the teams they have played, the situations they have had, and better yet, some of these teams have played each other, and they kind of mimic one another. It's like the the Spider Man meme. Really, like these teams are literally the Spider-Man meme. I should call that category category that Spider-Man meme. But no, nah, they're Febreze-scented trash. Um, the team ver- that's more likely to get out of this tier and go up a notch, I think will be, um, believe it or not, I think it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. I think uh, getting rid of Josh McDaniels, firing him, having a, a player's coach per se um, with Antonio Pierce there, and just those guys playing loose and having fun and having a good time and competing like they're like although they they, they I'm not saying they beat anybody serious but they they're competing they they're playing well you know they the one thing about playing football you're putting your body at risk at all time the least the last thing you want to do is come in that motherfucker thinking that you're you know what I'm saying like being enlisted into the army or some shit like you want to be you want to have fun and be able to feel good about going to work it's still work for them it's just like me or you or whoever who's listening do you want to go to a job that's toxic do you want to go to work where you always hate your boss some of you do and look at you you're miserable nobody wants that and in their case they have a contract we could just leave we could we could quit or you know what i'm saying probably get fired they can't some of these guys can't some can, out of their own will. They may have to get waived, which sucks. That's how the NFL is. But some guys like a Devontae Adams, he's on a contract. That man wants to be able to go to the facility and feel good about going to work. So I hope a lot of people understand why that these guys keep celebrating after every win. Um, there's a reason. The, the, the Josh McDaniels experiment in that Patriot way ain't it. Uh, the team more like more than likely to stay in this list. Um, I'm gonna go with the Tennessee Titans. Um, right now, it looks like they're just gonna go on with Will Levis as their quarterback, which is fine. That's that's how it should be. Um, you're moving on, but they, it's it's a transitional period for this team. This team is finally gonna have to consider revamping and reloading this this roster. Um, get younger. Tannehill is not it no more. Derrick Henry should have been traded. Um, he won't be there next season. De- DeAndre Hopkins is an older receiver. He may not be there next season. Um, Traylon Burks is on and off again injured. Not that. Um, they haven't been good that well, that good of a team since they beat the Packers last Monday night football last year and they went seven and three and haven't really done much since then. Um, so I think they're going to stay put right where they are in that in that tier. Then the very next tier I have is eh, maybe, meaning that eh, you know what they, they they're probably a playoff team, but then again they're in the they're right there on the borderline. So there's a very good chance they may or may not make it, but if they do, I wouldn't be surprised. 
starting off with the New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, Pittsburgh Steelers, Minnesota Vikings, Buffalo Bills, um, the Buccaneers, and the Chargers. Team more than likely to move up from this tier to contender will very much be like much more. It much it most likely will be the Minnesota Vikings just because of it looks good right now for them. And I think their schedule is favorable in a sense. They've, they've actually beat the, they've won the games that they shouldn't have won. Um, very well coached. Justin Jefferson is just about coming back now. So it's very likely they'll, they, they're getting it the help they need. Um, defensively, they're playing so well too as well. So um, I would not be surprised if they moved up to contender. Um, as far as who will stay put here at, eh, maybe Buffalo Bills. Um, don't know what's going on there. They just fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Um, I don't know if that was the real issue they were having. Um, looks more like a scapegoat for what's yet to come. I think at some point at the end of the season, they're going to have to, they're going to end up letting go Mr. Coach McDermott, um, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, for one, a lot of folks, you know, it's hard to remember sometimes, but injuries happen in the league. Players are gone. So when you watch a game, you're like, why did they lose like that? Oh, why, why did defense do that? You forget they lost like maybe three of their best defensive players, which actually happened to the Buffalo Bills. They lost a lot of defensive players. Um, but I don't think that's been their issue. Um, their defensive the defense has been very serviceable and, um, they don't they 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 bend more than they break um they may give up some yards or let the the other teams opposing teams offense move the ball a little bit but they tend to be very you know stout um they don't create a lot of turnovers which is a lot of that's an issue that they have to resolve probably probably part of the reason why they kind of struggle a little bit um but as far as their offense is concerned their offense have struggled um what a lot of people have come to find out and come to see has been being the issue is that they just, it feels a little one-sided. They're, they, 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 they've been able to run the ball a little bit more lately with James Cook and um, Latavius Murray. But like when they get into passing situations, it's like, okay, if it's not Diggs, who else? And it's not, and again, it's no disrespect to Gabe Davis, but it's like, there's something he's not doing right. Gabe Davis, you know what I'm saying? One of, Josh Allen's picks was right through his hands. Like it hit his hands and went through his hands. And those things can't happen. And I'm not giving Josh Allen no passes. Like he obviously is a turnover machine, but that's kind of the way he plays. And when things are not brushed up around him, it does look even messier. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was some mis- this, some mis- miscommunication or, or just not in the same page with Ken Dorsey because um, I don't think the offense has changed, had changed that much after Brian Dable. But I think part of it might be that they've kind of had Josh Allen not run the ball himself anymore or design plays for him to run the ball, which I think is the biggest mistake they made. They should consider that more. Players like him, Lamar Jackson, uh, Jalen Hurts, to name a few, um, need to 
utilize their legs in order to keep the defense honest. And when they see that those guys are creating first downs with their legs, like the the the, the brotherly shove is like the most dangerous play in the world. So if I'm a defense, the last thing I want to do is ever – I would never want to put Philly in the position of third and one or fourth and one. So that means that second and long or that third and long, I need to step up as a defense and prevent that team from giving an opportunity to – Push will their way through the the um the well will their way through a first down. So same goes like with like Josh Allen needs to be showcased as far as his legs go because it it opens up their run game too. Teams have to account for that. They have to account for the fact that he's getting busy, and when he gets into play action or he or then when they're in the formation that's similar to that run play that he did, and he could get a, a, his best receiver open or anybody else involved they make the they make the offense dangerous and for and it's crazy how good the offense had been for a long time before this season before with the same type of personnel and now people are just speaking out on it but not only that though like the whole Stefan Diggs situation I don't know what's going on there like the man got his he gets his bread you would think that he's going to be like ready to rock and whatever but it's like this is kind of what it comes this is what the the you know this is what you have to deal with when you get a number one receiver they, they're prima donnas they it's since the beginning of time they've always want the ball they always want the, they think they're the reasons that they you're gonna win so i don't know i don't know i don't think they have a poor relationship i think they're they have a very good relationship to each other but i think i think the issue is more or less to do with the play calling um and how to set up digs for better opportunities because clearly the the guy the guy can do anything he could catch the ball short get a, get a lot of yak bring contested chat catches score touchdowns he's one of the better receivers in the league so it's it's undeniable about how good he is but the re, the, the reality is you got to create opportunities for him to get the ball keeping it real base bare bare basic and all that just you know not really creating something to get him going like that's that's the main that's a big issue that is a big issue so i i don't know if it's a really a i don't think it was all a josh allen issue josh allen just needs to settle down a bit uh he's one of those guys that you know he knows his arm talent is bonkers and he just does whatever he wants and that's kind of a lot of the quarterbacks in this league so far a lot of, there's a lot of quarterbacks with double digits uh, interceptions this season. Um, granted, there's some that are fairly young or just not good, but him and Mahomes, they're risky guys. They're going to take their chances. They don't give a shit. And that's the way you want your quarterback to be. Do you want your quarterback to be scary or do you want them to find a way to make you to win the game? Like, it's just like, it's just like the ball, a ball handler in basketball, not to, I'm sorry to cross sports, but ball handler in basketball more than likely is going to have a lot of turnovers. But he touches the ball more than anybody else. And his production on offense, facilitating the ball and scoring, may overweigh anything he did as far as turnover. Now, when it comes to the end of a game situation, I get it. Like, yes, you don't want that. But sometimes that's just how it is. He's your prototypical gunslinger. Like, if any of y'all watched football in the 90s or early 2000s, that's this is like a normal quarterback to us, like a normal elite quarterback. They throw some picks. That shit happens. I don't know what you want. I don't know what y'all, what to, what to tell y'all that shit be happening. And then 
But it's funny how it works. It depends how much people fuck with you. It depends. If you're if you're one of the unlikable ones or the ones that they don't trust, like a Kirk Cousins in a fucking uh now Josh Allen, whoever. Uh, you know, he, he this, he's trash. He's always throwing interceptions, get Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh. But if you're somebody like a Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence <laughs> or Tua, there's a there's they're gonna find another reason why that happened. Oh, the receiver didn't break and make their route right, or the, the ball went the, the the receiver dropped the ball, or he has a bad old line. The narrative changes no matter depending who it is. So I don't ever take whatever anybody says seriously because all they're doing is comparing. Comparing people is like the worst thing you can do. I hate it. Everybody's unique in the way they play. Um, So I'm not concerned about Josh Allen.
imagine like a, you know unfortunate car crash and then you drive by that same crash you're gonna get emotional and you're gonna think about those days you're gonna it's gonna be stamped in your mind on this date every year is when this happened and that's where he's at so i hope people understand that you know what he went through is not as it's come off it's just because he's alive does not mean it was that light he he had to deal with a lot with that just to get an opportunity to still work and do what he loves to do so I think we need to give people like him more grace. And the same goes for Caleb Williams. I've seen people making comments about how emotional he was crying after a game and this, that, and the third. I'm like, man, please stop it, y'all. Like, you don't know what that kid goes through. He looks, it looks like he's privileged or because just he's, he plays for USC and maybe his parents do, do well for themselves and he doesn't have to worry about much. And actually he got NIL money. Cool. But who knows? We don't know what kind of mental health stuff he goes through. We don't know if somebody passed in the family. We don't know if, how, like, some people are so passionate, like, a loss like that, where you will, like, you you powered yourself through the game. Like, he may have had some injuries, whatever. Like, we don't know. The kid may have been needing, like, seeing his mom, probably, who knows when the last time he saw his mom, or just... I don't know, man. There's too many variables. Like, we really don't know why somebody could literally have some emotional breakdowns. But I think people need to just be cool, man. Like, just because you won't cry after a game doesn't mean somebody can't. And that doesn't change what will happen for him as far as career goes or whether he goes one or two in the draft. Like, if I'm a team, if I'm a GM of a team and I see my quarterback is passionate enough to express himself like that after a game that means he cares he gives a fuck the kid this kid could literally just not play again this season he literally can't he could literally say i'm good i'm just gonna wait till the draft he's still competing and battling for his team you know what i'm saying you know like just like the you know the coach that was tearing up um when he got interviewed about john harbaugh uh, jim jim harbaugh excuse me and people make comments about that, like, yeah, it looks silly. A grown man is crying about whatever, like this and that. But come on, man, like, who? You don't know what people are going through. Sometimes y'all gotta understand. Just because you you know how to be resilient on shit that you going through, and you don't know, you don't shed no tears, does not mean somebody else ain't shedding a tear after going. Through. And it might not be something bad. Sometimes it might just be like they're thankful of the opportunity or thankful of the the moment in time that they're in. We're all going through some shit, one way or another, whether it be mentally, physically, emotionally. But for you to sit there and critique and talk shit about somebody else and how they express themselves when they go through some shit, you ain't right for that. So I leave y'all with that, and I hope y'all take this opportunity to find somebody, ask them how they're doing, show some love, give them grace, and you know it's okay to be empathetic. Trust me, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it may be tiring because you don't want to do too much to to console somebody, but sometimes it's worth it to just sit back and you know, you know, show that you give a fuck sometimes. But aside from that, appreciate y'all for listening in again. And then once again, salute to y'all. This goes to all my hustlers, entertainers. Uh-huh. And of course, yeah. athletes in the struggle. 
Tryna make a little yo, 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 some get a little, some get none. Shit, I was part of the some get none.